I'm Steph. And I'm Jeff. Each week, we review a film that's streaming online. As writers, we'll deep dive into the characters and plot to tell you if it's a good story. Listen at your own risk. This review contains spoilers. Now sit back. Relax. And and enjoy enjoy Stream On. Today, we'll be reviewing Vicky Cristina Barcelona streaming on Tubi. Vicky and Cristina head to Barcelona for the summer. There, they meet Juan, a charismatic local artist. Each of them hook up with him. By the end of the summer, no one has grown, no life lessons are learned, and everyone heads home. Except for Juan because he already is home. Vicky Cristina Barcelona was written and directed by Woody Allen. It stars Scarlett Johansson as Cristina, an adventurous blonde who falls for artists, Rebecca Hall as Vicky, the sensible brunette who is engaged to a businessman, Javier Bardem as Juan Antonio, a sexy Spanish artist, Penelope Cruz as Maria Elena, Juan's ex-wife who is mentally unstable, Patricia Clarkson as Judy, a friend who gives Christina and Vicky room and board in Barcelona, and Chris Messina as Doug, the fiancé-turned-husband to Vicky. Okay, Steph, this was your pick. Why was I subjected to this movie? We already know that you're not going to like this one. Um, I picked this because I was looking for a fun summer romance film that takes place abroad. I miss traveling abroad, and it's something that, sadly, I am not going to be doing this summer because of the pandemic. And so I wanted a nice escape film, and summer romances can be just nice and enjoyable and especially if it takes place in a a fun city abroad this one got positive reviews i mean 70 to 80 percent depending on you know where you're looking so it had a lot of like strong actors in it so i figured that this would be a good film well from the way you describe it that does sound like a good movie it's too bad that is not the film that we got so let's dive into plot analysis Do you want to start with a lazy voiceover, terrible dialogue, or shallow and potentially sociopathic characters? (laughs) Um, Let me start with a lazy voiceover narration. It was so annoying. So this film has a ton of voiceover narration that is unnecessary, where literally the narrator is telling you what the actors are doing on screen. Like there's one where he's narrating them serving lunch on the terrace. And we clearly see them sitting there getting lunch served on the terrace. Like there's so many instances like this where the narrator is telling you that they are looking at artwork or going sailing or looking at the Gaudi sculptures or whatever, uh, listening to Spanish guitar, where no narration is needed because we see the characters doing all of these things visually. Um, It is so, it just gets old really fast. It got so bad that I thought I maybe had the setting on my TV for people that are visually impaired that need that extra 
narration to describe the actions they're doing, I actually checked to see if I had that on because I'm like, this is really bad. But no, it's just that poorly written of a script. I I expected more from Woody Allen. I know he has this like OCD thing where he has to release a film a year. So with that, sometimes you sacrifice quality for quantity. But this was pretty bad. Um, The worst one is, in my mind, I mean, there's so many, but there's one where they are taking a plane ride with Juan and Christina is talking nervously and the narrator says that she's talking nervously and it's like he says what she's doing as she's talking nervously. It's just so bad. So let me pause there to get your feedback on this. Oh, I agree completely. It is incomprehensible how an experienced writer like Woody Allen, how he could think that having a narrator telling us exactly what's happening, explain to us what we should think about these characters, or even not identify who the narrator is. Is it God? It's not one of the characters. The narration itself is neither good nor bad. It's just a storytelling tool. You can use it in films, in the god mode with a narrator setting up the world or you can have it as one of the on-screen characters providing context for what's happening for the story or some insight into what they're doing this movie relies so heavily on narration and does it in a way that often repeats what is happening on the screen or tells you something that could be done through dialogue or action it's hard to understand why Alan made this storytelling choice. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's to use voiceover narration effectively, you need to be adding something to your story that you couldn't really add another way well. Uh, it is great as a framing device to open and close movies. Um, I think that's where it's probably the most effective tool. Or if you're going to have your character do the narration throughout, like one of your primary characters, to give further insight into why they're doing what they're doing that you wouldn't have gotten through just the innate story. Like that also can work. But yeah, this, to me, I just got the impression that this was a a very quickly written story and it was just lazy writing and that's why Woody Allen chose to do this because this was a just thrown together film that it, it, I think Woody betted on the fact that there's a lot of good actors in this film. I I think that's it. Like, I think he just betted on the fact that there are strong actors in this film and that it was set in Barcelona, which is a beautiful city and that he could get away with just a, a nice set and strong actors to carry the story without actually writing a good story. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't help that a lot of the dialogue is very oddly structured and worded. The way the characters interact, the word choices that Woody Allen makes for these characters to talk to each other, it's very odd. It's not the way people actually interact. It could be that... Early in the writing process, he just fell in love with the dialogue and didn't want to cut anything, but also realized that the dialogue wasn't really helping tell the story, and that's why he threw in all the narration. 
Now that is just speculation, but a lot of this dialogue came across as very first draft. It's the kind of writing that you would normally cut as you go through more iterations of the drafting process because it may sound great in your head initially, but it doesn't actually work once it's once you have a chance to step back and see how your story has gone, see how your characters have developed, and thought a bit more about how you actually just want to tell your audience what's happening. Yeah, it was clunky. It definitely was. Um, I would agree with that. And the even scenes like montage scenes, which I generally love, good montage scenes, and a relationship growing in a summer romance in Barcelona you can have wonderful montage scenes while they're, you know, like Juan is playing tour guide to Christina and they're like, he's showing her the city. Right. And there is a montage about that where you see their like relationship growing and they're dating. But on top of that is voiceover, which ruins a perfectly good montage scene. I mean, I generally don't see voiceover used with montage. Like that, that typically is not, a technique that goes normally montages are done set to like a nice song or like but it's not often you see voiceover with montage well because the idea behind a montage is that you're using primarily visual storytelling certainly with some music usually in some sort of maybe some snippets of dialogue but you're mostly trying to advance your plot through images when you add in the voiceover to these montages kind of undercuts how you're actually supposed to use those to tell your story, how you're supposed to tell the viewer what's happening. That kind of gets to what is the story even about. It mostly seems like it's trying to say that artists are different when it comes to relationships and that they can be basically sociopathic and they'll be fine. Yeah, that that maybe is art imitating life um, with some of the controversy about Woody Allen himself uh I don't know I mean another like to segue into the characters another primary issue with this film is that most of the characters are portrayed as shallow artists that don't have any growth they're not characters you can really get interested in and all played by talented actors, which if they had had better material could do more. Like Christina is Scarlett Johansson, Juan Antonio, Javier Bardem, Maria Elena, Penelope Cruz. I mean, these are strong actors. And Christina is just kind of this shallow, flighty artist looking for love and likes the bad boys. Juan Antonio is the bad boy and a Spanish lover caricature where he's just so forward with these two women he doesn't know and invites them to have sex with him over a weekend like and then maria elena is another caricature of an a fiery emotional spanish lady i mean it's just they're just so bad and none of them grow in this film vicky is the one character that grows a little bit but i mean it was very disappointing how these characters were written for the most part they all seem to have like, no particular feelings for people around them. They are destructive towards each other. Vicky came across poorly in this film. She is engaged when she arrives in Barcelona. And all it takes for her to hook up with Juan is an afternoon of sightseeing, a glass of wine, 
and some other dude playing a guitar. It is hard to like or even understand a character who is set up as not much of a risk taker, as someone who wants a fairly steady, normal, drama-free life, which is what this character is set up as, and then accept that she is going to go through the actions that she does. She is clearly set up to juxtapose with Christina, who is set up as a more spur-of-the-moment, flighty, thrill-seeker, someone who would hop into bed, not just with the guy she just met, but, for, but would be receptive to a guy saying, fly away with me on a weekend. Likes to take risk and randomly hook up with sexy Spanish men. Right. So if it had been Christina who had done that, it would be more in keeping with the character. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong with a character in a film like this or in any film having a fling or even going against the characteristics that they are initially set up with. That's character development. But it helps if there is a reason why they're doing this or if it seems like it's more their choice and less of the circumstances are in. Vicky is not really set up like that. Even though the encounter between Vicky and Juan is not coercive in any way, it is set up for her being much more passive. She is just sort of accepting what is happening and it sort of falls into a physical moment with him, an intimate moment with him. The problem is she's not set up as that kind of character. She does not seem to be a spur-of-the-moment person. And there's no particular reason given in the film for her to be doing that. We get a little bit later, but at that moment, it's unclear why she just does that. Yeah, Vicky's character, and maybe her char- her story arc stands out because the others are so bad with no growth, so I'm probably giving it more credit than it's due. But I took Vicky's character as someone that has settled on the safe relationship with the successful, you know, finance guy in New York and that she's resigned to that life. But when she meets Juan, he, she's attracted to him and tries to resist that actively, but between the wine, the sightseeing and her general sort of feeling of she's not in love with Doug and she's just settled and this chance to have this passion encounter and one's coming onto her heart and they obviously have chemistry between them that, that to me, I could understand why she cheated. And then she develops this ongoing infatuation with him and she goes on to marry Doug, but she still wants one. And one is like the fantasy where she can escape the situation that she has gotten herself into with Doug. Um, And Doug's not a bad guy. He's just sort of a, he's a boring guy is how they present him. Um, And not as passionate and interesting as Juan. Um, And what happens with her story is basically she considers cheating again. She cheats on Doug once, right, before they're married. Then she marries Doug and he comes over to Spain and she considers cheating again with Juan but when she ends up meeting with him his crazy ex Maria Elena shows up with a gun and like chaos ensues and she ends up getting shot in the hand by 
because of this scene and she, then she realizes you guys are crazy and her arc ends flying home to new york city with doug resigned to this loveless marriage and was there was a little bit of growth there she explored what it would be like to be with someone that's the opposite of a doug um and it wrapped up in a sad but realistic way because a, a lot of people choose to settle in those more practical loveless marriages than the than ending up with the Juan Antonios of the world because they aren't stable. So I enjoyed her arc more, but that's the only thing that I found enjoyable about this film. (laughs) I do have a problem with that. It's not that it's a character arc that's uncommon in fiction. There are a lot of stories about the guy or the woman who is in an unsatisfying relationship and finds someone else. And then you get drama out of that. The problem is the setup of this. This only works if you have a better sense that Vicky's relationship with Doug is unsatisfying before she hooks up with Juan. We later learn that she is not satisfied with elements of relationship with Doug, either through dialogue or the narrator. But for it to work, I believe you need more of that foundation lead uh, that we see her fall for someone who is giving her something that we already know that Doug isn't. Yeah. The only thing that could point itself to that is that she pretends there when she is with Juan on Oviedo and it's that weekend and um, they're doing touristy stuff together he call Doug calls her and she pretends that it's poor reception when it's not. And it's, you can tell she just wants to get off the phone with him and keep enjoying her time in Oviedo. So that's the only little breadcrumb you get. No, you're right. That does happen. And I can see we can look at that and say there is an underlying issue there or that she's just really excited to have this adventure with this guy. But it does go back to a big problem with these characters. None of them are well-developed. They're not well-drawn, and they're not well-motivated. As a writer, when you're creating characters, particularly your main characters, you want to ensure that they behave in a way that the reader can understand why they make the choices they do, even if they're choices the reader might not make. They fit... A circumstance they might relate to, if the reader might do something else, they're understandable. These characters are primarily caricatures. I would say Juan is. I believe that even Christina is. Um, so is Marina, Maria Elena, I would say, too. He, even with Christina, has the struggling filmmaker who's you know made her 12-minute-long short film and now doesn't know what else she wants to do or how to move to the next phase of our her artistic growth. Like they help her establish her photography down the road and she's just one of these like, I'm just drifting through life, experiencing it, you know, moment by moment. I'm not sure what I want, but I know I want to have passion and feel things. This kind of gets into the difference between archetypes and caricatures. Archetypes are fine. Archetypes are a standard mode of storytelling. It is a 
character that has a selection of traits and those kind of story beats that authors have been using for centuries. Not just authors, just storytellers in general. I mean, I assume the you know the the average guy who gets called to adventure is something that our caveman ancestors probably came up sitting around their fires eating wildebeest. Caricatures though come about when it's traits that are either something that's tired, that aren't particularly fundamental traits. They're just almost quirks or surface behaviors that your reader or viewer can latch into, but there's something deeper into it. And a good storyteller also takes those archetypes and builds off of them. A caricaturist rarely does. If you're using a caricature in a purposeful fashion, you generally aren't going to add a lot to it because the caricature is the point of bringing it into your story. In this film, the use of caricatures doesn't feel purposeful, though. It just feels lazy. I don't think that Woody Allen was making fun of the crazy ex-wife or the passionate, artistic Latin lover. These you're supposed to say fairly seriously, though. And not that this is a really serious story, but I don't think Allen put these characters in here to make fun of those types of characters. I think he did it because they were easy to write. And there was even like little world building issues that were problematic. Like Vicky, who I would say out of everybody has the most interesting character arc and is somewhat developed. Like there's stuff that didn't make sense about her. Like she was over there in Barcelona. The whole reason Vicky and Christina were made it to Barcelona is because Vicky was studying Catalan identity. And that was like, you got this sense that she was getting like a master's in it or something and doing some in-depth study of that in history or um, anthropology or something, one of those fields. And there's a scene in Oviedo where she and Juan visit Juan's father and she makes a point of talking about how she's not fluent in Spanish. And I was, it just really bugged me as like a fundamental world building issue. You're, you're getting a graduate degree in Catalan identity and living in Barcelona and in-depth studying this and you don't speak Spanish. Really, really strange. Yes, that stood out to me too. I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like why? Why? Or other than you just didn't want to deal with subtitles and Spanish. I have no idea like why that was a thing, but there was so many scenes where, you know, Juan told Maria Elena, speak English, speak English, speak English, because Christina didn't know Spanish either. And it made more sense that Christina wouldn't know because she was basically piggybacking off of Vicky's trip. So, okay, I could see that. But, but yeah, Vicky's character, she should be rather fluent in Spanish or at least conversational given what she's decided to dedicate her life to study. And they also made a point that she had been interested in Catalan identity since she was a teenager because she loved Gaudi. So you would think that Spanish would have been her language of choice going through high school. But you see, that would have taken some thought on the part of Woody Allen when he was writing this, and I don't know if that actually happened. I don't want to be repetitious, but this really does strike me as a first draft. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, it sounds nitpicky to, t- to pull that out, but when you're writing a character and building out 
who they are, what are their traits, and where their arc is going, those little things like what languages they speak and personality quirks, like all of that matters to build a fully fleshed out, interesting character. And when you don't have those details in place and you leave that out or something that it doesn't make sense or it totally doesn't fit the character that you design, you stick in. That to me is just really lazy writing. And that's why none of these characters are particularly impactful. Yeah, I agree. That is the overall feel of every aspect of this film. It's just lazy. About the only thing that works is some of the cinematography. There are some very pretty scenes. Although even that... There are some odd artistic choices. Woody Allen, for some reason, decided to use this yellow-orange filter on a number of sequences. I assume to ramp up the feeling of warmth from the visuals. But the filter is so intense that I was starting to worry about the liver functions of these characters. Or possibly that the sun was expanding to engulf the earth. I don't understand how this film got such high reviews. I mean, there are people talking about how Penelope Cruz should have gotten an Academy Award for her performance, like supporting actress. And while she's a good actress, I mean, it's a, what she portrays is just this caricature of a fiery Latin lady. Like it's not, it, it's not exciting. So I, it's, I don't get it. Like, can you, explain to me i mean any theories as to why this film was rated so high by viewers and critics well first it's a woody allen film and you have a built-in audience like that i think a lot of people looked at the cast which is very talented i assume some people like the cinematography and it is pretty to look at, as I said. Well, Barcelona is pretty to look at. It's not that hard when you're going around Barcelona to get good cinematography. But it's like going to Starbucks and raving about the fact you got hot coffee. That's like the bare minimum of what you expect going in. I have seen a few reviews that leaned heavily into the idea that this is some great meditation on the complexity of love and relationships. And it seemed like... In those cases, it seemed like the reviewers were looking for some deeper reason to like this film beyond it's a Woody Allen production. I mean, I don't know in terms of a deep meditation. Like you get Christina ending up in a polyamorous relationship with Juan and Maria, which is okay, uh, whatever. Like I don't see that as a deep meditation. That's just more she wanted to make it work and they wanted to do this poly thing. So she agreed to like a threesome situation. Um, but I didn't see much depth there. And then you get, you know, Vicky basically settling and accepting a good enough guy that she's not really in love with that's stable, which, you know, okay, a lot of people do that. And that is a choice people make, um, for a variety of reasons, but I don't see either of that as a deep meditation. Well, to be clear, I, I agree with you. This is not a deep film. There's no particular insight given into anything other than... Maybe Woody Allen's view on relationships, which is fine. There is nothing wrong with having a very personal story you're telling, a very personal work of fiction. But in this case, when you're looking at the reputation of this film, if you didn't have Woody Allen attached to it, if this was a John Smith movie, 
directorial debut. I would assume most reviewers would be asking how someone took a beautiful location and a great cast and turned it into a film with empty characters, a ponderous dialogue, and a terrible voiceover. Yeah, I mean, I really think what happened is Woody Allen's like, I got to produce a film a year. That's what I've committed to. And so I'm going to stay on schedule and not finesse this draft. There may be an interesting film in here somewhere. There may be a good story. You definitely have some of the elements of it. But what we got is not that story. I don't know what more to say about this movie. I think that I have exhausted my ability to criticize every aspect of this film. Yeah, let's move to the wrap-up. I agree. So, Steph, what was your favorite scene of Vicky, Christina, who cares? <laughs> um, I, I chose the Vicky and Juan kiss scene in Oviedo. There was sexual tension build up between these two characters, and you could feel that between them. There was like the Spanish guitar lead up, which was nice to set the mood. And it was passionate kiss. It was well acted between them. So yeah, out of I was looking for a summer romance. So I chose the most romantic scene in the film to be my best. What about you, Jeff? Before I give my best scene, I do want to comment on that sequence. I actually thought that in isolation, it was fine. The acting between Javier Bardem and Rebecca Hall in those scenes was good. It's well done. There is some on-screen chemistry between the two of them. I don't believe it's maintained through the film, but it works in the sequence. The real problem is where the sequence is. This should have been your second act pivot, where we've built up to this moment and not just tossed it in very early in the film. It is fine as far as a dramatic sequence goes, but that's it. Now, as far as my favorite scene, the end, because that means the movie is over. Wow, you you found nothing redemptive. Like, not even when they did the, like, looking at Gaudi's cathedral, like, I don't know, I'm reaching. With a movie, you are trying to tell some sort of story. It can be deep, it can be shallow, it can be entertaining, it can be something that makes you sad, doesn't matter. The problem with a movie is I don't think it tells a coherent or compelling story. I think the moral of the story was a lot of people settle. They settle for the stable guy, even though it's not passionate and it's it's not like this deep romance, but it's stable and it'll do. To me, that was the message of this film. I don't know if that was what Woody Allen intended, but that's what I took. Yeah, it was a long time getting there. Okay, so what is your least favorite scene? I mean, there's just too many to choose from. It's all the voiceovers. Like, I can't narrow it down. It's There's so many. Maybe if I had to pick one, it's they ruined a perfectly good montage with voiceover. Maybe I would say that one is the worst, but it's all pretty bad, the voiceovers. What about you? Well, this film does provide a wealth of choices. However, I'm going to go with the voiceover for all the reasons that we both talked about. It is mystifying why Woody Allen decided to use that as one of his primary tools of telling this story when it was completely unnecessary, intrusive, and sloppy. How many oversexed pandas in Barcelona... On a scale of 0 to 5, are you going to give Vicky, Christina, 
blah, blah, blah. So not a surprise. I gave this one and a half pandas. This is a skip for me. Not one of Woody Allen's finest. You've got a lot of Woody Allen films to choose from since he's compelled to make so many. So pick one of his earlier works or Match Point. That was a decent film. Uh, but yeah, I mean, for all the reasons we've talked about, the voiceover narration, not a lot of character growth and beyond tropes these are just caricatures very empty characters overall and not really a satisfying message about love i mean this didn't leave you with warm fuzzy summer romance this left you with this oh most people settle for someone they don't love but because they are stable like so at what he just ruined what could have been an enjoyable summer romance abroad what about you jeff so I gave this one panda. The only audience I think this is for are people who either are Woody Allen completists or people who are able to check their critical brain because of who made this film. Or if you want to see a bunch of sociopaths exchanging dialogue that sounds like it came from some sort of Russian bot, you might like this then. Otherwise, everyone should skip this movie. You have been warned. Okay, well, what do we have coming up next week? Hopefully something better. So next week, we're going to be checking out The Parallax View, currently streaming on Amazon. Stream On is a production of Steph and Jeff Wright's Media. Reproduction without written consent is prohibited. All rights reserved. 2021.